0: will be,
1: be
0: yard on the kickoff, but the play is not reviewable.
1: Welcome to another edition of the Royal Alliance UK podcast, episode 190. Take it to the banks. My name is Matthew Turner, alongside Ant and Steve, and joined by a very
0: special guest. Returning guest Chris Buffett from Friday Detroit. How are you doing, boys? I'm doing all right. Thank you for having me back. And um, power working this time, I guess.
2: <laughs> We're in the presence of royalty, Chris. It's great for you to join us.
0: Royalty. I I live in dumpsters, man. I, <laughs> I, I I am the trash king. It's what I do. I'm just again glad my power's working instead of coming to you from the from Nikki Six's old studio which is ironic <laughs> because tomorrow he will be prefo- the motley crew will be performing in Kansas City for the NFL draft.
3: If if I remember this rightly Chris wasn't that the first place you ever joined us from in the studio when you were first came on the show. Yes, Do I well, remember that rightly? It's
0: the it's, it's only this is only the second time you've had me back and I was busting Matt's balls about that about like you you you've been, you know, used me to get to Jeremy and Ryan and I'm just sitting over here twiddling my thumbs streaming Elden Ring. You're, but you're, yes, the, you're no. the gateway drug. I am a gateway drug, yes. That is, thank you. That is the kindest, that is the best. I, that's how I want to be remembered.
1: <laughs> you're, you're weed and, and Eric's heroin, so... <laughs> I don't know if I should say that, really. <laughs> wow. There we go. No. No. We want but, him to come back, so be nice. Yeah, yes, we do. And in fact, this episode was particularly, Chris, with you in mind because Ooh. this is the draft betting and hot take show. This, the penultimate day before the 2023 NFL draft. Uh, so, guys, we've got a little bit of news to get through. First, and it's the Aaron Rodgers trade which went down. Was it just after we recorded on Monday? I think it kind of happened. Oh no, it was during recording. It was I during. It. So Rodgers, the Jets' first-round pick, and a f- second, and a fifth, and a second next year, which could turn into a first in return for. Um, I'll say that again because that was not right. Rodgers, Jets' first-round pick and a fifth-round pick in return for the jets first round pick a sixth round pick a second and a second which can turn into a first next year so
0: yes i believe the condition of that is that rogers has to play i think 65% of the snaps next year yeah. correct so guys
1: what what was your snap reaction coming out of it because to me i really believe that the jets had the packers over the barrel but i must have been wrong
3: I mean, yeah, that that is a very good deal for them, and and a sort of as Chris was alluding to before we came on, if if the Jets suck next year and the Packers suck next year, and they've got two first round picks and they don't like Jordan Love, I mean, it's not the year you want them to have two picks near one of those quarterbacks for next season. So, a <laughs> little bit nervous, I'm not gonna lie, but you know, Batman's gone, Jordan loves here. Uh, I don't know what he's gonna do with Green Bay, but the, the opportunity for the division is wide open now. He's gone. There are no excuses to not go out and win this thing next year. So, hoping we do. But by Aaron, hope you fail miserably in New York.
2: Yeah, I mean, yeah. Forget the trade. The overwhelming emotion is good riddance. Like, get the. F out of the NFC North. Finally, you know. I mean, the problem with Rogers is like he's had a bad season. You know, he, he didn't turn up for OTAs and a, a lot of the preseason. But you know, you 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 fear that he's still got a good, you know, one good season left in him, and we don't want to be the recipient of that good season. Um, and also just in terms of timing, like you know, he he has left the NFC North. He has slunk out of there by being picked by Kirby Joseph, so that couldn't be sweeter. I have to say, the funniest thing about this trade was the Zach Wilson tweet. I don't know if anyone saw this. Surely, it was, fake. Surely it was fake. His ceiling was <laughs> <goes> unlimited. <laughs> it was a basically someone had said, you know, like that the Jets might draft a veteran quarterback, and Zach Wilson had tweeted that he was going to make his life hell in practice every day. Amazing. I can't wait for that meeting of minds. I just Rogers fear from arrives. Rogers' mom at this point.
0: That's all I'm saying. Chris. <laughs> wow, you really had to tee me up like that, didn't you? Uh, look, <laughs> I, I think there is a massive amount of relief that this is just done with, that we're not having to sit around and still keep litigating all of this and keep watching the Packers and the Jets tripping over their privates to uh, figure out who can be more incompetent in all of this. I... Oh. Uh, as a lot from the lions perspective it's relieving that he is leaving the, that he's finally leaving the system i don't know what jordan love is going to be next year and to be honest their roster isn't that bad it's not like they're he's leaving a completely scorched uh packers offense they still have you know aaron jones and aj dillon i know they've lost some receivers but they've clearly been retooling to try to figure out if they can make a system work around jordan love while they have it so, like, I, I mean, I'm not saying the Packers are going to be good next year, but they are going to completely live and die with how good or how bad Jordan Love is, which is exactly, I think, what the Packers want. For Aaron Rodgers and the Jets, this still baffles me. Why the Jets made this move in the first place? I, I I've, I've, I've talked with Jets fans because I work in national media, and half the guys national here in the states. If you talk to them and they're sitting on a TV somewhere, they're sitting in front of a radio, get talking to the National lines. half the time they're either a Jets fan or a Bears fan and they suck. All right. Like it's, 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 it's like an unwritten rule that nearly all these guys have some sort of awful New York ties. And of course, they choose Mets and Jets, the, the bad teams from New York. But there's been a few who have deluded themselves to think this is kind of a, a, a Matt Stafford F them picks, Rams kind of deal. And I just don't see it. And to be honest, I'm not sure if I even see Rodgers playing more than one maybe two years. And there's a lot of places where it can go bad. Rodgers can be bad next year and for for the for the for the Jets, Rodgers can get hurt and that's probably the best case scenario because then their second doesn't turn into a first, or they could go to the playoffs and lose in an embarrassing fashion in which Aaron Rodgers will suddenly start whining and complaining about the coach and throw dysfunction into the organization again. It it's all risk, no reward. It seems like for the Jets, unless the stars align to get them through to the Super Bowl. But man, like that division's loaded. I don't I even know if they're like the the second best team behind the Bills. I
1: I, I agree with you a hundred percent. But I think what they've done is they've said our roster is good. We've done a good job drafting. Everything apart from the quarterback is in a position where we might be able to do something. But if we have an absolutely perfect draft where we are, we're still not better than the Bills. We're still not better than the Dolphins. And we're just wasting our time here because the Bills and the Dolphins show no sign of getting worse anytime soon. So for the Jets, it's like, can we really get there in two or three years just doing the normal thing? Or do we have to go, okay, we're willing to commit to a rebuild in in two or three years' time in order to try and get a championship now, considering what we've done in the past. And I mean, that is a kind of weird way of doing it, maybe. But they could not make the playoffs in the next five years, given how good Alan has been. And if Tua stays healthy, how he started last year, like, they may not reach the playoffs for a decade. So they've got to kind of swing for the fences a bit. The Where they are in the division means they have to take risks to be relevant. And if that means going in an Eagles-like cycle every three years... So be it. And I kind of get that, but I agree with you. I still
0: don't think that they're better than the third best team in the, in the division. I just think they had options for what they gave up. You could have, and I'm I'm sure there's some people out there who are tired of hearing this, but you could have gotten Lamar Jackson for kind of a similar cost and Lamar Jackson, no matter how you feel irrelevant of how you feel about Lamar Jackson and how well he can play on the field. He's going to want to play for more than one, maybe two years. And that's, that's ultimately where I land. Like, you give yourself more chances by having more years available to you to make those chances happen. And they've decided, no, we're not good with that. Meanwhile, the Packers, unless it's, if it, they, they're they banking on, if, if Jordan Love isn't good, at least they have the out that hopefully maybe the first overall team in next year's draft is open to selling and doesn't really need a quarterback. And then they can slot in for Caleb, Caleb Williams or Drake may, assuming we don't do the same thing we're doing this year. And all of a sudden people are saying, actually this quarterback class isn't that good. Let's wait till next year. Because like, <laughs> as much as I love Caleb Williams, he could completely fall on his face again. And then suddenly that all that stock is gone, just like it was for Spen- for Spencer Rattler.
2: Yeah. But I, I think no, knowing what we know about the shy, retiring, quietly spoken Aaron Rodgers, this to me feels more like, you know, an engineered love affair with New York. And he just wants to be in that limelight for the last two years of his career. And he sold himself to the Jets and and said he's going to, you know, promise this, that in, in terms of how he's going to play. It, it kind of feels like it's all about Rodgers. So the, I think this is going to be a really interesting case
3: study because, you know, like last year, we we kind of said the Jets felt like us in a way, you know, they were they've had no success for a very long time but in Salah they've got a competent head coach they seem to be doing things the right way they've been building really well through the draft I mean they've they've knocked the last couple of drafts out of the park like we have
0: except for Zach Wilson
3: except for Zach Wilson yeah (laughs) but Now it's like we've diverged our paths. They, as has been said, have sort of sold their soul to go for a quarterback and win now. We could have done the same with Lamar Jackson. We could have tried to trade three first-round picks, whatever, and gone that route. So they've kind of sold their soul and gone, right, Right, we're ready now. Whereas I think with us, we're kind of like, we're just going to keep on building through the draft and we're going to keep on doing what we're doing. So it's going to be interesting to see you know, the direction of the two teams heading now, whether they get a little bolt and then they fall right below us because they've tried to cheat and it's just not worked or whether the gamble pays off But I think it's going to be very interesting to see what happens. Cause it looks like we're staying pat and we're just carrying on building. We're not going to shortcut this and fast change it and try and, you know, buy our way there, which could keep drafting and do it that way.
0: Yeah. It's like I said, it's the, it's the Rams FM picks idea. The idea that you feel like you're right there. So who cares about the picks, but. The Lions definitely seem to be in for the long haul, which is also why I wrote about uh, why I think Anthony Richardson should be the pick at six.
1: <laughs> oh, you're talking my language. And I was actually going to say, just to kind of finish this conversation off, my move for the Jets would have been to move up from 13 to three if they could get there with a the first, or six with us if Richardson's on the board and take him. Because, yeah, it's a boom or bust pick, but, I mean, at least it's a 10-year pick if you boom. And I mean, if he booms in year two, you could be in your window anyway. So I, I just, I would love that so much. <laughs> Luke, Luke, we'll get onto it during the draft show, my man. But our, uh, but uh, Richardson is not a project quarterback. He isn't. He's a no, day one guy.
0: If, if I, I'm sorry to grab the reins on it, but like, yeah, like I, while I was writing about it, I, I think we have certain. St- uh stereotypes we do in the draft sometimes we like to say if a guy is is really athletic we'd like to call him raw uh at the same time it's good to be playing it's it's uh, like a being a college quarterback is bad richardson isn't a college quarterback but at the same time like you there's no winning if you just don't like a prospect in in college like either you played with too much talent around you how good are you or it's oh that only works in college which is demonstrably true but in the case of richardson it's not like he played with a lot of people but still like the amount of drops gets counted against him when people start waving their fingers at uh at his completion percentage which I can't tell you how many other college quarterbacks who have become very good NFL quarterbacks had 50 some completion percentage in Is it- and Richardson's only had 13 starts like mm-hmm. like Matt Stafford through about 13 starts was also a 53% completion percentage quarterback as well there's a great... You're really athletic. right.
1: Sorry.
3: So I was about to say, you're completely right there. So many of the, like, even the good ones will come through and they will have had three years, they'll have gone like 50%, 55%. Then they'll break 60 over three years. And it's it starts. But, you know, again, the traits he has, like Jake Haynes, has thrown for nearly 10,000 yards in college, but, you know, he's had all the game time in the world and that, but you've got to have the traits to go with it. It's just with Richardson, it, it's game time go give him as much game time
0: as you can yeah it's the growth too it's just what i have seen from him and how coaches have talked with him like even going from college to the pro day like and he says it in every interview he does or in the players tribune piece like there was that quote from gq sports where he says i'm going to be a hall i know i'm going to be a hall of famer one day but the next sentence out of him is says i'm going to grind until i am a hall of famer he understands this is all about the work and every interview he's done Every piece he's done, the Players Tribune piece is all about how he wants to be working. He want, He's he's working right now. Just wait. I know what the work needs to be done to become someone at the next level. And as I said in my piece for Pride Detroit, that doesn't sound like a Dan Campbell guy, then damn.
1: I, I think the <laughs> thing about him that's super impressive, like you kind of just alluded to, is that he's, he's not boastful. He's just ambitious. And he's humble enough to know where... He has to grow. And that's the the best thing I can say about him. Also, he didn't have anyone running like two-yard slants or bubble screens or anything which really kind of pads the guy's stats. And if you want to see more on that, there's a great athletic piece which was um, launched today about why Richardson's stats are low and what he's done to try and fix that. So he's got like four different quarterbacks coaches in his room right now trying to fix his foot mechanics because apparently the release is absolutely perfect and the upper body is great it's a little bit of foot mechanics and twisting of the hips through for power generation and that is basically all he needs to fix and the intangibles are elite so the intangibles are elite the physicality is elite the mentality is elite the only thing is a little bit of throwing motion for for short passes and that's probably it it's not a big deal and you would have to look at,
3: you know, what our QB coach has done with our current QB. You know, Mark Brunel has has done a lot for Jared Goff and his game. A lot of these issues we had with Goff when he came here have quite simply gone now. And, you know, it's to do with the guy who's coaching him up as well. So if you're going to get a guy who's going to be able to coach these bits out of him and get him to where he wants to go... Brunel might very well be the guy to do that to unlock him. So, you know, again, I, I I like the I like the things he has. The QB school did somewhat on him as well. It's the processing skills are elite. You know, it's all there. It's just some little fundamentals that need changing, and and you might not change him, and he might be bad. But the upside is very, 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 very tempting. It, it it really is.
1: Yeah, it is. Right. I'm gonna move the conversation on now, unless anyone wants to just have a final word.
0: No, just real quick, uh, two things to say. Number one, like he had to go through full progressions at Florida. Like I think that's something people like again to to, to Anthony's point, like there these aren't just like, you know, a college system making short passes. Like he was being asked to make full reads there. The other part, the only thing I will add after that is Mark Brunel, the quarterback I used the most when I first started playing Madden for the Jaguars. <laughs> so had to be Back. had to be done. But let's yeah, I'm ready to gamble. Like right. uh, I'm ready to gamble like Jameson.
1: Just just going to interject at this point with news of our next giveaway. Congratulations to Megan Galgroker, who from Sydney, Australia, won our most recent giveaway to celebrate 900 subs. We're almost at 1,100 subs now, which is unbelievable. But celebrate 1,000. Our next giveaway is going live tomorrow. If you win, you win a choice of one of the four options which are a signed full-size DeAndre Swift Eclipse replica helmet, a pair of retro Pistons jerseys, three Lions jerseys, Hanson, Rogers, and Williams, or a signed stitched Reggie Bush jersey. You will win one of those four things. So it's either a full-size signed helmet, a signed Bush jersey, three retro lions jerseys or two retro pistons jerseys it's a really great prize so keep your eyes out for it when we launch our draft show it's going to be great stuff it's time to move on to our main part of the show which is draft hot takes and wages so let's kick that off now and we're going to be referencing DraftKings Sportsbook just to kind of keep things nice and easy and I'm just going to start off with the first overall pick. Now this has swung wildly over the last month, month and a half or so. It looks like Bryce Young has actually sewn up. He's now at minus 1600. Will Levis came in very short from about plus 3000 all the way down to plus 800 now to go number one overall and he is actually now not the favourite to go number two overall because Tyree Wilson has that honour at plus 130 the first overall pick boys Bryce Young it seems like a shoe in at this point is it the right decision do you think do you think there's any value at at minus 1600 or would you think of going any elsewhere Levis is plus 800 Stroud plus 1200 Anthony Richardson plus 5000
2: it's Bryce Young and it always has been. And See, some of some of the efforts to try and talk people into it not being Bryce Young have been, frankly, laughable. It's Bryce Young. It always has been. I mean, the Will this stuff came
3: from Reddit, did it not, as well? Was, was it on Reddit influencing the betting markets? <laughs> it's just like, and this is why I said it on our stream. base 95% of your projections on watching tape of people. Don't listen to Reddit. Or anything like that. They will try. (laughs) They're just Uh, trying to mess things up.
1: I I know it's lying season, and I know it's the day before the draft, but in our... uh, you've just posted it in our chat in in the Discord, and if you want to join the Discord, please do. It's going to be a great weekend. Uh, Ted Nguyen, the... Wen, yeah. The writer for The Athletic has just said that the Lions are making a push for Bijan Robinson at six, which... Feels a bit weird at this time of the day to uh, come forward with it. and Can I place an
3: over-under on Jeremy having a heart attack hearing that news? <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, I. Uh, sorry. Yeah, we-, we can no, get to pick six in just a moment, but I just wanted to interject with that. Uh, Chris, what do you reckon about first overall? Is there any
0: value here? No. It's it's Bryce Young at this point. I I think it's been clear from day one why the Panthers traded up uh asides from the Panthers themselves trying to muddy the water talking about oh we might trade back no you're not no you're not stop fooling yourself like come on I the, the Will Levis push I think is becoming real but I don't think it's real real enough to ups unseat someone like Bryce Young who I've got a lot of questions about Bryce Young about his uh measurables as far as succeeding at the NFL level, but I, I, I think for what Carolina wants to do, I think for what they are set up for. And I think for the coach they now have and Frank, Reich, Like the marriage between them and Bryce young feels pretty much perfect. And I, we, we had, we had last year on our podcast, Bucky Brooks. And one of the things I asked, and I, I do, I help produce shows for Bucky uh, with Fox Sports radio over weekends. Sometimes And one of the things I asked him about was back then, last year, we were in the midst of this unbelievable surge in people believing in quarterback talent, Um, not just in Kenny Pickett, but people talk about Spencer Rattler going the first round. We'll talk about Malik Willis going the first round, completely wrong about that. Um, But Bucky said the only first round grade he gave to a quarterback was Kenny Pickett. And I asked him several times about it and I talked to him off air and one of the things he told me was like, you just, especially with quarterbacks, you've got to go with your first blush. And first blush through all of this process has been Bryce Young is the number one pick. And I'm going to stick with my first blush. Bryce Young is the number one pick because it just makes too much sense. It just makes too much sense. You can see on the screen at the moment,
1: Bryce Young's stats. If you're not watching live, You should come and watch live. It's good fun. We've got good production value for the first time in in the the three years that we've been, two and a half years that we've been doing this. Bryce Young, 624 uh, completions on 949 attempts, 8,356 yards, 80 touchdowns to 12 interceptions. Also four touchdowns on the ground. Heisman winner in 21. Uh, He's light, he's small, but he's an absolute warrior ant.
3: Yeah, I've I've had him as QB one for a very very long time because you also have but to take into terrible? account how you know the supporting cast they've had at their teams. He has had nowhere near the talent to work with that CJ Stroud has, even though he's at Alabama and you know the guy's a warrior. He's got everything you want as a quarterback, and he's tough as nails. That Tennessee game was truly spectacular and really cemented my opinion of him as QB one, but. I don't know. I just have this nagging feeling the Panthers like quarterbacks like Stroud more. I, I Bryce Young should go first. He should, but it don't teams don't always think that way. I I look at Stroud as more of a Carolina type quarterback. So for me it's not entirely wound up yet. And plus the Panthers are not the most you know they're not known as the uh the most, you know, intelligent of organizations. Sometimes <laughs> when it comes to their draft picks. So I don't think it's fully out of the question. Bryce should go first on talent alone, but I think the window is open just a little
1: bit. All right, let's move on the conversation to the second quarterback off the board. We all think that it should be Bryce, whether it is Bryce or not, we don't know. But the betting lines for second quarterback selected are quite interesting. Will Levis now the favorite to go as the second quarterback at minus 190 CJ Stroud at plus 150, Anthony Richardson at plus 500, and then obviously Bryce, because he's expected to go number one, is plus 1,500. So, if Bryce does go number one overall, who do we think is going two? Do we think that Houston would go Levis over Stroud? I mean, we know that Stroud's agent is the same agent as Deshaun Watson, and that might be just something that's off-putting in general. We know that Stroud may be I don't know. There's lots of smoke out there for people who want to tear C.J. Stroud down. We know that the cognitive score that he got on the S2 test is not accurate. Now, how inaccurate, we don't know. We have absolutely no reliable information on that regard. All we know, really, is what we saw on tape, which is an extremely productive Our high-state quarterback who had things easy for him but took advantage of what he was given and didn't win in the biggest games of his career. But then when it came to the very biggest one... He was the the best player on the field in a glorious defeat. And really they should have won that game against Georgia in the end. So, you know, Levis over Stroud, what, what do you reckon, boys?
3: So I first, first thing I want to say is Houston are not not going to pick a quarterback. All this stuff about them going defense, I think is 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 a smoke screen to try and see if anyone's willing to be crazy enough to trade up to two and give them a ton for it. Who Actually, a project quarterback, when you think about it, makes sense. I still believe in Davis Mills. I think Davis Mills is an NFL-caliber quarterback, or at least a a decent option for them to have. If, if you want to take Anthony Richardson and sit him for a year behind Davis Mills before giving him the reins, or Will Levis, if you want to do that, I think that's a perfectly acceptable thing that you can do and kind of makes more sense than taking CJ there. So... I don't know. I have this nagging feeling that they might take one of the development guys and CJ might not be number two. So I don't know. I I think it could be Richardson at two there.
2: I I I genuinely do with how it's going. I I think for me, this is all about matchups in terms of who wants who and who's willing to trade up for who. Um, Yeah, so from Houston's position, Davis Mills hasn't proved himself yeah, maybe he's got some potential, but if you've got the number two and the number 12 pick, there's no way you're not going for a QB unless your strategy is, as Ant said, try and make someone come come up, take that number two pick and then you know almost guarantee yourself um, ridiculous capital next year when you've got Caleb and Drake. Um, but, I mean, that feels like a risky strategy. You've got the number two and the number 12 pick, so maybe you trade back a bit, but you know, if if they're in love with CJ Stroud, but not that in love that they, they don't want to trade back, they could probably still get Hendon Hooker at twelve, or maybe Anthony oh. Richardson at twelve.
1: Hooker
2: yeah, but I mean it, it, well, oh. but in terms of capital, if you've got two and twelve and then you're gonna trade out of two and get like more capital next year, then why wouldn't you take hooker at twelve? What do you make of it, Chris?
0: I I'm kind of going the other way. I did buy into the fact they just might not like the quarterback this year. And to be honest, I could see that with several things. Number one, Houston, with its long instability at coach, probably already reprioritizing what exactly it's looking for in a quarterback. And number two is that if there is anything close to what the Philadelphia 76ers had as the process in the NFL, it, it is the Houston Texans right now. They are very adept at kicking this can down the road and they were very very close to having the number 1 pick in this draft locked up and all it took was just kind of the wrong win at the wrong time by Lovey Smith who was giving one to his old team in the Bears. I I I I do think that they like and given their DNA too, given that this is the history of the team has been selling itself on its on its defensive edges. That they do like someone like Tyree Wilson or Will Anderson. I I do kind of understand where the Tyree Wilson bump is coming from. I didn't for a long time. Uh, and Tyree Wilson though has some just phenomenal measurables. He has a phenomenal high ceiling, and I think it's somewhere where the where the Texans have. I mean, the Texans have really fallen into this, and they more they very well can figure out how to crash this whole thing into the wall again with davis mills if davis mills doesn't work well for them next year to be right back here for someone like a drake may or a or a caleb williams i think that is something they believe and the only question in my mind is plus 130 for tyree wilson or plus 275 for will anderson i think just for the value of it i kind of lean more towards will anderson as much as i talked well about tyree wilson i think Anderson is the more put together project for them. He's the biggest name for the long time. He's considered the best defensive talent in this draft. And I think that is where, and for some guys, they've said he's the best football player, period, independent of position in this draft. So I think there will, I think I like Willie Anderson, it, just, just for a bit of value, because otherwise I don't know what's going to happen with this pick.
1: Yeah, so with the with with the second quarterback <laughs> off the board, Levis minus 190, Stroud plus 150, Richardson plus 500, Le- Young plus 1500. Anything that anyone thinks is value there in particular?
2: I think Stride's value there. Yeah, he's got to be, hasn't he? I think it's well,
1: Levis. All right. Sorry, hey, I Ant, mean, Levis... you were going
3: to say. No, I was about to say, if, if the Texans take Tyree Wilson at two, we need to send Ewan from Turnup for what? A gift basket and thank <laughs> him and praise <laughs> but
0: i i think i think this needs to be emphasized from everyone i've talked to especially some of my national guys like this is shaped up to be the most weird top five draft in a minute like no, like the amount of dust that's been kicked up the amount of flack cj the the, the, the flack that cj stroud is taking right now about this s2 test about skipping the manning camp and everything like the, the 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 kind of things that have suddenly been thrown out there feel like because it's coming so late, their justifications being offered to try to get ahead of a PR flack of skipping him for a lot of, t- for a lot of teams to pass on him come the draft. It feels like everything's shaken up. Will Levis. I don't understand the Will Levis bump, but it's clearly happening. I don't understand the Tyree Wilson bump too much until recently, but it's clearly happening. It, I think teams are reevaluating things. But the the recipient of a lot of that chaos is the Detroit Lions at five. I mean, at six, excuse me. And really, it gets even more interesting if the Seahawks zig where we expect them to zag on a pick like, say, Jalen Carter or Anthony Richardson or C.J. Stroud, and one of those guys falls into like it's not it's not out of the realm of possibility that C.J. Stroud could be there at six for the Detroit Lions. Like I mean, this, this top of this draft has gone completely topsy turvy, and I have no clue which way it's going to go.
3: I think I feel like with the pre-draft process that that every player gets their turn. I mean, like all four quarterbacks have had their turn after the combine. Everyone turned on Bryce Young. Oh look how good C.J. Stroud is. He's he's tested really well and all that. And then Anthony Richardson got the oh god he throws fifty percent. Everyone sort of went in on him. Then the same with Levis. And then I think I feel like all four of them have had it. It just it's a trend just to move from one player to another. But like you say, it's the instability of the top five. It's just, there's no top off, There's outside of Bijan, there's no blue chip offensive prospects in this draft, like, at all. There are no, you know, there are very few blue chip guys. There are no blue chip quarterbacks. It's It just makes for so much uncertainty, which, which is what's caused
2: all these issues. I, I don't want to be completely cynical, but... Levis releases a video of him like hitting the crossbar on his knees from the fifty-yard line, and then the next day, all of a sudden, Levis is like the best thing since sliced bread. Like, like, it, could it be that simple? It, I don't know. But In terms of yeah, you know, people just sheep-like following the crowd. I
3: don't know. I am willing to put money on the Seahawks taking a quarterback though. I've said this for you. You don't give Geno Smith 52 million of a 100 million pound contract in his first year. If you're confident with him for three years, you don't give him that much money up front. Yeah. You are giving him an incentive to carry on playing and winning whilst a backup, is, you know, a successor is groomed for him. I, th- I just feel like if the Seahawks were going the non-QB route, they'd have spread it out more. It just doesn't make sense to me. You don't see quarterback contracts front-loaded like that very often. I oh, could be Seahaw- wrong, but I don't feel you
0: do. The Seahawks are very similar to the Detroit Lions and what they want to do on both offense and defense in, in that regard. And I was having conversations with several people, Seahawks people, about this, especially with Jalen Carter, where on one hand, I think fans would love to have Jalen Carter in Seattle. Uh, Pete Carroll, no stranger to to quarterbacks with i mean uh, players with quote unquote character issues around them he doesn't care at all about those kind of things and he thinks he he's more than capable of of dealing with whatever problems Carter may or may not have at the same time someone like Will Anderson or CJ Stroud fits perfectly with what the 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 Seahawks want to do they could go a lot of different ways and i feel like if there's someone to spoil the draft for the lions it's going to be the Seahawks cuz they just share so many values together that you're just you if you, you see one guy drop and you're like oh god he's gotten past the top four please drop to us and then and then tricky pete's there and then tricky pete's there and he's smiling and you're like that that a-hole
3: that a-hole <laughs> see, see the one thing that turns it for me for thinking it's a quarterback is they are only up there at five because of the broncos that that's right. not their S- similar they situation for us with the Rams, yeah. right yeah yeah they are there because of that and you would assume that with, if Gino plays as well as he does last year, that team is pretty good. They might not pick this high for a quarterback again. They they might not be anywhere close to this. And I don't. I just feel like that swings with the way the contract's done, with how high they are. You don't know if they're going to be in a better position to extend it. If Gino suddenly goes bad, which he might well do, then they're in a bit of bother. But that that's the only reason I, I am certain they would go quarterback if he was there.
1: Going to move the conversation on to the first non-quarterback offensive prospect on the board. And there's been a dramatic shift in the odds in this regard. And it comes at pick number three. The favourite to go third overall, according to DK, is Paris johnson Junior, the favourite to go third overall. Plus 225. Stroud at plus 275. Will Anson 330. Wilson 400. Levis 1000. Richardson 1000. Paris Johnson Junior, the favourite from Ohio State. The, The tackle. Played 13 games last year. Allowed two sacks. Six foot six. High ceiling, high floor. Hand technique could do a little bit better. Only one season at left tackle. But one of those higher end tackle prospects, but does this reflect the fact perhaps that Arizona are calling on trading out that they're struggling to trade out and therefore they're having to look at what they actually really need in this draft and they have to take them at three. I mean, if I look at Arizona right now and the smoke between them not being able to trade out, I can't help but be reminded of the Lions in 2020 boys.
0: I I don't know if they're having trouble trading out. The problem is always with the drafts is if you're at third and looking to trade out to third, you really can't like, you're, you're not going to get your phone calls returned until people know who the second pick is like, like because no one's going to finalize a trade up to third, especially a quarterback needy team when it might still be a quarterback going to Houston. And if it's the quarterback you've had your eyes on, and by the way, like teams don't trade up to third looking for just any quarterback. They have, if if, if, if it's like, say, I don't know, like it's, it's the Raiders wanting to trade up and the Raiders have their eyes on say CJ Stroud. They just love CJ Stroud. Then, then if, if Houston goes ahead and takes CJ Stroud, then F the, the, the trade you just made with Arizona before CJ Stroud got taken by Houston is completely, is completely irrelevant. So I don't think they're having trouble trading off of three. It's just that that's not a trade we're going to see until draft night.
3: I mean, you, you kind of feel like they need their new J.J. Watt now, don't you? I just don't know about the offensive tackle thing. I guess if you want to protect Kyler, and I would love it because Bears fans love Paris Johnson, and I would just love to see the looks on their faces <laughs> if he was taken at three because they are in love with him and it would be gone. But I don't know. You, you just feel like they have to replace J.J. Watt because he's been that team, that team's defence, for a very long time, and you, you need the next guy. I, I don't know if I'd buy it. And I don't think any of the tackles in this class, I don't think they stack up against someone like Sewell. I don't think they're even close to someone like Sewell's ceiling. So you're really going to be reaching on them. You see guys like Anton Harrison getting first-round buzz now. He would be nowhere near a first-round in previous years if the offensive tackle class at the top was really good. but, But he is. I think if teams are taking OTs that high, especially three, I think they're really, really panicking.
2: Yeah, I think the thing to think about the Cardinals is, like, this is a team that is, like, really rotten. Like, this is one of the worst rosters in the entire NFL. And, you know, they've got a new, they've got a Johnson Gannon, new head coach. Um, They are very much at the start of a rebuild. And if they don't know who their pick is, if they are unsure about the pick, Jalen Carter, Will Anderson, maybe go for a QB, like, The easy thing to do is to trade out the pick because if if Gannon takes like Will Anderson or Tyree Wilson or Jalen Carter as his first pick, then effectively for the next two years, if that player busts, like that's going to be the pressure on on him, like that's going to get him fired, and that you know he wants time to rebuild that franchise. So for me, trading out of that pick is the easiest thing for the Cardinals to do. They've got so many holes. They need lots of capital. I I don't think they're going to be making the pick here. I think they'll be trading now.
3: And and three's kind of becoming a cursed pick for quarterbacks, isn't it? I feel like is it what Lance and Donald are the last two guys taken at three a quarterback? It's, it's
0: become it's become the pick of like well we couldn't get you know we have we have the number one quarterback at home kind of pick. It, it feels like the pick where you're just settling, and it's never good to settle on a quarterback where you all just feel okay about it. We didn't really
2: ace the third pick, did we? we? We didn't really hit the third pick out of the park. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs>
1: so the other people in the conversation for first non-quarterback, and there's no market for this, which is frustrating. Uh, there was first offensive player, but not for non-first QB offensive player. Uh, having a look overall, actually, at first non-QB... We have Tyree Wilson, the favourite, obviously, because we just talked about him at two, minus 150. Will Anderson at plus 120. Jalen Carter at plus 1,000. Paris Johnson at plus 1,500. Um, and i got to think that if Paris Johnson's the favourite at three and, you know, Will Levis is close to being the favourite at two and Young's close to be or is the shoe-in at one, the Paris Johnson seems like value there if you can believe the hype at three. Now I believe you guys that that's not going to be the pick, but if it is the pick, you've only got to hope that Houston don't go QB and your quids in.
3: Yeah, yeah, you're absolutely right. It's again, it, it's so difficult, but you can't predict a damn pick in this one. Maybe outside of Bryce, you can't pick anybody, which is which is just why it's such a no, which is why it's such a crazy draft. I would just be interested to hear though from everybody who, who do you think
1: who's the team picking at 3 for everybody because
0: we saw well, recently
1: that the vikings were projected to go up there didn't we it's, it's
3: too far to not going to
1: do that Questy's not going
3: to do that that's that's
0: it's it's almost too far of a pick to to jump to from 23 to three i just don't see it i i could see i could see vegas making that move i don't think they will i could maybe see philadelphia i've actually heard a lot of buzz about tennessee being the team to make that pick i i don't i'm not aware of their capital situation i do know that tennessee has a lot of different needs especially at quarterback and on defense that they would love to be moving into the top five of this draft and i don't think that Indianapolis or Seattle are ones more likely to move down. I think Indianapolis is going to try to take whatever is left over of any of these quarterbacks, which is going to be a horrible decision for them. And it's going to fill me with so much, so much schadenfreude that I'll be able to persist for a year or they'll just have to subsist on whatever dumb decisions they make. But you know, I, I think, I think that's my answer. I think my answer is Tennessee is the one probably to move up in this draft.
2: Yeah, that's that's who I took in my mock draft. I, I said the Titans were going to move up for a QB. I I don't think Ursay is like a trade down kind of guy. I think Urse likes the limelight and he'll be up there picking for so no like, Urse see... makes
0: trades. Ursay makes trades, but not for uh not for not for football prospects or other but I I mean I wouldn't
2: be surprised to see Derrick Henry on the trade block um and the Titans moving up. I mean do we think that Jim Harbaugh is going to sit and
3: let a divisional rival jump him for a quarterback? I cannot see a situation where the the Colts allow that to happen.
0: Well, that's this, just this me, the...
3: but I think sure. the Colts are at three.
0: I, I but okay, so they're going to trade up. I could see them maybe like so. You're saying they trade up one, to kind to of keep the like the Bears, out. like the Bears did, right? Like the Bears did with San Francisco, where they took Mitch Trubisky. I mean, because it's yeah. like, yeah, because that the, yeah, it's either you have a divisional opponent jump you or another divisional opponent sitting at two, and it is going to sit there and thunder nose at you.
3: I mean, we, if you want Anthony Richardson, let's say, let's say if they do at four, are you going to let the Titans jump you for him at three and then be facing him for the next decade rather than have him for the next decade? It's, I don't know, I just don't see the, the Colts allowing that to happen, but. Well, Stranger things have happened, I guess. I mean, if this was us and, say, the Packers, would we let them do it if we were both quarterback needy? I I don't think there's any way in hell we'd let them jump in front of us.
1: Yeah, that's fair. That's fair. Let's move the conversation on to wide receiver. And this is a really interesting market. Now, Jackson Smith in Jigba is the is the leader in the clubhouse here to be the first uh, selected at minus four twenty five. But who do you think, boys, is the
0: favorite to be second? Oof. So I I I really don't like this first round grade of a lot of these receivers outside of outside of Jigba. I think this is probably a position that's really going to fall off. I don't. I don't really have an answer. The Trojan inside of me is trying to make a case for Jordan Addison at this point, but I don't see it. I just don't see Quentin Johnston either. Like it, it, I think this is, but to your question, I don't think anyone other than Jackson Smith and Jigba is probably a known commodity. He's absolutely the heavy favorite to go wide receiver one, just because I don't think any of the others are really that close uh, depending on fit, I could maybe. I, I think I think I could see Jordan Addison being that one who is taken second. I think there has been a big overvaluing of Johnston when Addison is kind of that deep threat wide receiver that teams really seem to enjoy. That Addison just likes to go long and take the top off that. I think he's going to end up being the second one, but I can't tell you if he's going to be the second wide receiver on day one or day two is Hmm. the problem.
1: So who do you think wide receiver two is, boys? Oh, who do you think is wide receiver two in the batting? Because that's what we're talking about.
3: I mean, I think I had a good handle last year. I said Garrett Wilson was the best receiver in the draft last year, and people might say London and Olave were better this year, but I still think Garrett Wilson was. This year, I I think it – I think Jordan Addison goes number one. I do. Jordan Addison has had consistent college production at multiple schools throughout his entire career. He has been a very good receiver, and I think he will be a very good receiver at the next level. And if you want a safe pick at wide receiver who could be a very high wide receiver for you, I think he is the guy. Like like I've said many times about Jackson, I have issues with him. And the one, the durability. Two, the attitude towards his team, I think he bailed on them in the playoffs, I don't like that I think teams won't like that either I I think Addison's number one for me, personally and I would So put you Jackson, would say Smith JSN number, number, number two then? I would okay. put Smith and JSN number two I would, you know, that hit he took from Brandon Joseph, he did not come back from it, NFL DBs are just, they're going to hit him hard and they're going to see what happens and you know, Jordan Addison throughout his career has maintained health, he is really good at what he does, I think he's better overall and the rest of Smith Hendrick, but could be a superstar. But again, I don't like the attitude and I don't like the injury history.
2: Yeah, I mean, I've seen a lot of people try and talk Zay Flowers into going wide receiver too. <laughs> um, but again, I'm struggling to see it. Um, I think JSN is going to go one. Maybe Quentin Johnson too, but, and some, remind me, there, there was a lot of drops, wasn't the last year from Johnson? There were a few drops, but
3: I really like, I like Quentin more than most. I'm not gonna lie, I do. But there were some. I issues. was
0: actually I was actually shocked when I opened up Dame Brugler's Beast and he had Quentin Johnson as his fifth wide receiver in the in the draft.
3: Yikes! Yikes!
0: Yes. Yeah, so I mean, I mean me- Zay, Zay
3: Flowers has been potentially because people said he might go to the Patriots, and that could be one of the highest. And I hope we do have a section for the Patriots later because the Patriots are like now the Raiders making stupid picks wherever they're at. So I want to see what everyone's opinion on who they might pick is, because I think they might go completely left field within ball
1: Let me give you the odds for the first wide receiver selected, because it's consistent all the way down. Smith and Jigba 425. The favourite for number two is Zay Flowers. He's plus really? 100. He's even money to go second Mm. wide receiver off the board. Uh, In terms of first wide receiver selected, you then have Addison at 650. Zay Flowers is 550 to go first. Addison at 650. Quentin Johnson, 800. Jalen Hyatt is fifth at 3,000. Then Josh Downs at 7,000 along with Cedric Tillman. So that's your your order in the betting market. I'm surprised that Quentin Johnson has fallen to wide receiver four in that market. And I mean, I'm kind of with you guys. Addison should be up there. But Somehow Smith and Jigberg, despite barely playing last year, has separated himself.
0: I think for as good as USC is, I think the problem for Addison is that he was playing with Caleb Williams. And I think when someone like Caleb Williams looked as good as he did last year, it does take away from the wide receiver. Whereas Johnston, you saw the talent on display of Johnston as TCU went to the playoffs. And I feel like Addison just got lost in the fuzz. I've also learned very quickly uh, covering the Pac-12 that a lot of Pac-12 football just gets lost because people just aren't staying up for their late games either so you've got multiple factors I think kind of occulting uh, the talent of Jordan Addison what t- tell me tell me Matt what are the odds on Jordan Addison being that second wide receiver
1: uh even money plus a thousand uh, plus a hundred
0: plus a hundred as well
1: as flowers is plus a hundred
0: Zay Flower is plus 100, Is Jordan Addison is also plus oh, 100. Sorry,
1: Jordan Addison, beg your pardon. Jordan Addison to go second, plus 250.
0: I would take that as a value pick. I would take I that would. as a value pick. I at, at plus 250, I, I like that. I like that. So I, I realized
1: I made extra graphics for all of this, and I haven't actually done it and put it on here, <laughs> so I'm going to just so quickly put Zay Flowers up.
3: I would just counter with Addison, though. I know he's had Williams this year, but he was getting thrown out by Keaton Slovis the year before and still. No, I,
0: oh, I, I know well, what you mean though. No, no, he wasn't with, he wasn't with Slovis. He was a transfer from Pittsburgh. Yeah.
3: Pickett. Sorry. He
0: was, he, was, he, was, it, he, he, was, he was with Pickett. Right. Cause he had, that was like a big, that was one of the big here in the States. Mm. That was a very big, like, is the transfer portal fair kind of deal that Addison just skipped town immediately to go join, mm. you know, the new, the new Trojans under, under their new head coach and everything. Mm. But I, So he has played with two decent quarterbacks, but I think the talent is between Pittsburgh and USC is absolutely on there. It's just that I think playing with Caleb Williams this past year makes people just kind of, and you know what? This is a little bit of defensive Will Levis too. Like Will Levis was fairly good at running the football. And then Kentucky this last year changed their entire offensive scheme and told him he needed to be a complete pocket passer. And he didn't really do well at that. Sometimes the changes year to year can just really obscure a prospect
3: and i can't name any of his receivers I, I there i don't tennessee, think it's, it was a bad no, team at tennessee kentucky, last kentucky. year kentucky yeah
0: I, yeah excuse sorry <laughs> yeah. yes kentucky i wow okay
3: it was well yeah i agree and I, i'm not surprised quentin may have fallen i mean I, I feel like the nfl is trending towards these guys like you know, I mean, Hyatt's a speedster. Zay Flowers is this utility mm. gadget guy who can do a lot. I don't, I, don't I, I feel some teams must probably value that more than your traditional big outside receivers now, I guess. I guess that might explain that. I'm not sure.
0: Yeah, I mean, Johnson is still like an ex-receiver, but yeah. Y- yeah, it's just, he's he's a much bigger guy compared to someone who's small, but incredibly speedy like like Addison. So it's just a matter of, this is what makes it hard too. It's like some team might look, For something completely different in a receiver. Mm,
3: Personally, it's it's like the whole thing with Jameer Gibbs. Someone saying he might be running back one now over Bijan. It's because a team who values a receiving back will like him a lot more than they like Bijan because he's the best receiving back in the draft by by some distance because he's that good.
0: Bijan's still really good at receiving though. And I think he is, yeah. He's the only one still in my mind you make the first round grade for unless Jameer Gibbs sneaks in at like 32 or something.
3: I think Jameer's receiving ability just is far above anyone else. Bijan's good, by- but yeah,
0: yeah. Which, by the way, like thirty or thirty-one for Jameer Gibbs is totally in play. Philadelphia does need running back. Kansas City does need need running back support, and both those teams would like a pass catching running back.
1: All right, let's move it over to the other side of the ball and let's talk about cornerback first. Ooh, the wow. favorite. Favourite to go, first cornerback off the board, is due to the Detroit Lions at six because the favourite to go first at corner is Devon Witherspoon, minus 270. Christian Gonzalez is plus 180, and then you drop significantly down to Joey Porter Jr., 2200, Deontay Banks, 2500, and rounding out the remaining... Cornerbacks who are projected to go in the first round, with Emmanuel Forbes at plus three thousand five hundred. And I mention him because when you have a look at the props for him to go in the first round, he is minus four seventy. Emmanuel Forbes to go in round one, which is unbelievable to me. But with a spoon. He's the favourite to go at six for the Lions if they don't move. He's minus 130. That's actually coming in. That has been around minus 300 for a little while. That's back into minus 130 with Jalen Carter coming in. He is now plus 380 to go to the Lions. So that's the Lions. But corner, boys, with a spoon over Gonzalez, it feels like it's a fairly consistent thing, but... You've got the athletic guys over there making a push for Gonzalez over Witherspoon, saying it's a hair's breadth between them, but maybe you just take the athletic guy. I don't know. What do you think?
3: So I've said this for a very long time. There are a lot of very talented corners in this draft, and this is, for me, entirely scheme dependent on who goes first. It Maybe not the uber most talented guy who goes first. It is the guy who fits. So I've been with Devon to the Lions for so, 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 so long. I just think he is the perfect fit for us. And if you're going to go corner, it'll be him. Whereas if it was the Raiders, I know they get Mock Gonzalez a lot because... You know, you need this freaky, rare athletic trait guy in a division where you're facing Russell Wilson, Patrick Mahomes, Justin Herbert. You, you you need a guy who's got elite traits who you can build up to be a great DB. So I think it's entirely on personal preference, and I, I do believe the personal preference for us is is Devon. So he would be the guy if we're just going to do a run on corners. Uh, yeah, I, th- I think I think he's the guy there.
2: Yeah, I think, um, uh, I know we don't like to mention rival podcasts on the Royal on, of on the Lions, but um, Colton and Nick on one of these years did a really good piece on Devon versus Gonzalez, and they picked Gonzalez, um, but kind of, you know, essentially said that there's no wrong answer here. Like, both of them are absolute wins for the Lions, but they favoured Gonzalez. Um I'm I'm like And I've been on the Weatherspoon train for a while. I picked him in my mock at six. Like, don't overthink it. You know, the guy is an absolute beast. He's going to fit the scheme. He's going to be an agey kind of guy. Um, but I think for Lions fans that are saying, you know, like, Gonzalez is soft, he's, he's not. He, he, he can't hit. Like, Gonzalez is a, a baller too. Um, so I think with either of them, we're, it's going to be a, a great boost for defence. I hope they go with Weatherspoon.
0: Yeah, I know. I, I know for uh, I was reading Alex Reno's piece on Pride of Detroit the other the other day, and I know he was talking about you know that there's this misconception about Gonzalez. He only missed like three tackles last year per f- f- Pro Football Focus. Like he's not a tackling machine like a Witherspoon, but I think just he's he's not going to shy away from the hit either. But I think if it comes back to uh, betting. In this regard, I just I lean Gonzalez being the first off the board just because it feels like a toss-up between Witherspoon and and Gonzalez for the Detroit Lions both seem to fit very well with what the Lions want to do. Um, whether you go with the athleticism, whether you take someone like uh what the Lions do where they you know, they're they're near the top league in man coverage usage. They put their corners up the line in scrimmage and press and that seems to mirror a lot of what Gonzalez was doing at Oregon, or if the lions don't take a corner and then it goes to the Raiders or someone else that gives more, that gives more reason to the athleticism of Gonzalez to go off the board. So all those factors together and the fact that I need to put money on this, I do like the odds of Gonzalez being that fit to more teams. And that's why I'd probably put him as uh, as the betting CD one in this regard. I and could... and the odds on that, I think you gave me like what what plus one eighty on that. Yeah, perfect.
1: I'm I'm right with you. If the Lions don't pick cornerback because they pick Richardson, because they pick Bijan, because they pick Stroud,
0: or they then pick I of think these t- most t- defensive other defensive team... ends too. Yeah. yeah,
1: yeah, absolutely. If they go Tyree Wilson, which I know they get mocked a lot, the Lions. Then Gonzalez is going to more often be the pick than Witherspoon for other teams. So with that, I just think that Gonzalez has to be the guy is, for, is, for cornerback value. Is
3: is that like the tagline for you, Chris? If it's a good bet, you call it perfect. I just you said that's that too, there oh. that's, too on, that's
0: too much of a, what's 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 the what's the British ver- version of on the nose? Is it plunky? <laughs> heard people use plunky before i i just <laughs> what 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 is it is it, it's too it's just too set it's set up too much that you just roll your eyes too close to too hard at
3: it too close to yeah home. like
0: like i i've thought about that i've thought about stuff like the perfect game for a podcast and i'm just like this just sounds like i'm being an a-hole <laughs>
3: <laughs> so I, i've just looked out of curiosity we're talking corners here Joey Porter Jr., I said that Joey Porter Jr. to the Pittsburgh Steelers is the most obvious pick in this entire draft, anywhere, ever. If he goes there, he is plus 400 to go to the Pittsburgh Steelers. I would absolutely be hammering the hell out of that. I don't think there's any other team who goes corner before him, I feel. I think that's tremendous odds for Porter to go to the Pittsburgh Steelers.
0: Like I like Porter, and I'm hoping the Lions can get Pat like Pittsburgh. I mean, the Lions can somehow get past Pittsburgh to get him, assuming that they don't take a corner at six to get Joey Porter. But yeah, the the fit at Pittsburgh is almost too perfect. I I do wonder if maybe a team like the Jets or New England decides to snipe him from from before Pittsburgh. But if they don't, then by all means, like everyone's been mocking this kid to Pittsburgh. Everyone,
1: yeah. Yeah, it seems like a fit that's too perfect. Although I was listening to one of these years and they were postulating that they might have four corners go in the top 18 picks and or top 17 picks and that Deontay Banks wouldn't even be available by the time the Lions picked. And I really like that idea. Now, I can't find odds on that specific bet, but the (laughs) idea that Witherspoon, Gonzalez um Joey Ports, Porter and, and Banks, Banks yeah. are off the board before 18. I think it's a really good value because if you think about where the depth is in this draft it a corner is one of them at the top like like Ann said there are basically no blue chip prospects but if you have a look at guys you think it could perform a high level early on it's a corner so why not take the the route there i mean wide receiver ain't quite it. Maybe JSN does go early. He's been mocked a lot to the Pats. But what if the Pats decide that actually their weakness cornerback needs addressing because they lost their best cornerback in the offseason? What if they go for Joey Porter? That was a pick I went for for the Pats because I think that makes too much sense. So, But, but they're not
3: drafting sensibly at the moment. They're, they're really not drafting yes, sensibly yes, at the you're moment. Right. Would, you're would, right. would
1: you like to put a personal wager on that one? Four, cor- four corners gone before Pittsburgh. I, I think that we need to make bets against each other at the end of the show. So let's let's, let's... no, well
3: just just would you like to? Do you believe in it that much? Because you said you liked that. So I just oh, want to see I like, how much I like you it, like that. But
1: I'm not in the position to take a bet that it could be like plus eight hundred even money at this point in the show. Let's let's talk about it when we get to the end. Maybe maybe we can have offsetting bets where you take something equally strange, like five tight ends in the first round.
0: I never so then, said so
1: I
3: never I think... said five. I Did said say four. four. Okay, I said four, you... not five. And that's, that was a long time me.
0: ago. That's still strangling me to hear that. <laughs> and let's talk about
1: tight ends. Let's go back to that other side of the ball and talk about tight ends. Who is the betting favorite for tight end one?
0: It's going to be Mayor. Kin- I I know Kin- it's yeah. going to be Mayor.
1: Kincaid, I think.
0: Really, I mean... Kincaid has jumped Mayor. <sighs>
3: I I wouldn't know. I I think Kincaid's had more love recently, but Mayer's always been the guy who's sort of been up there as tight end one. But I don't know. I feel like there's a lot of love to Kincaid. The Packers fans at 15 were really in on Dolan Kincaid. I don't know about 13, but I think Kincaid might be betting favourite one at the minute.
1: Okay, so betting favourite one is from Notre Dame, the tight end, Michael Mayer at minus 225. Number two... Is Dalton Kincaid, as you rightly mention. From Utah, he is a plus 160. Third is Darnell Washington. From Georgia, many a darling for the Lions late in round one, early round two. Who do you think's number four? It has to be Musgrave. Musgrave. It is not, and it is a person I do not have a graphic for, but it is Sam Laporta at plus 6,000 to go first. But Musgrave is plus 6,500. Zach Kuntz is plus 8,000. They are not, Mallory and Kuntz are not far away from Musgrave in the betting, but Laporta is ahead of all of them.
0: I could see that just on merit of being Iowa being TEU, but I don't think Laporta really stocks up as well, but uh, it definitely has to develop as a blocker. Mayer being number one does not surprise me. Like I, I know Kincaid's gotten a lot more of the love, but I think teams have started to reevaluate what they're looking for in a first round tight end, especially after the disasters that have been prioritizing receiving uh, over everything. In someone like, say, Kyle Pitts and and I mean Take Your Swing of the last 10 years, or whatever that graphic PFF had out of like the first tight ends taken over the last 10 years. They're all receiving guys who just haven't worked out. And Kincaid, as good as he is, is still needs to develop as a blocker, in my mind. Whereas Mayer is consistently the more he's 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 been a little more consistent. With his blocking technique, he I mean, there, there's some technique that needs to be worked on, but he, he's got the strength and he's got the athleticism that he's got the the high floor to be that tight end where you want him to be able to do both things. or You want to be like, he's not going to be the fastest guy, but who cares? Kelsey doesn't need to be the fastest guy, but your tight end needs to give you the, the unpredictability of someone who's either going to block well or catch well. And Mayer right now, Is in line to do both, whereas Kincaid, I think, just he he leans a lot more on the on the passing side.
3: So what you didn't give us the odds for Darnell Washington, Matt? What what is I did
0: plus
1: three thirty.
3: See, Chris just hit on a line of thought there.
1: Plus five hundred, plus five hundred. Sorry.
3: See, Chris just hit on a line of thought there that it's not necessarily the receiving guys are doing it anymore. And what does Darnell Washington have? The others don't. He has like the elite athletic traits as well and what he could be. I think a team like the Packers, if they're looking at all these guys, might put Darnell Washington over the other two. I think he's a dark horse shot to be tied M one.
1: I do. I don't see it with Washington. I think the thing with Washington is he's a... He's a unique guy at the top of this, but he's a unique in the way that unpopular guys are also unique. Do you know what I mean? Like... Only very certain teams will cover him, but they'll cover him very, very much. It's the Jelani Tavai of tight ends. And, you know, Lang- fine. Language, language. That's sorry. a bit cruel. But, <laughs> the, but you know how much I love Darnell. I'm talking about the fact that, like, only certain teams will cover him particularly. Everyone, everyone wants receiving upside. Receiving at tight end is basically the only thing that matters right now to the majority of NFL teams. And so that's why Kincaid and, and Musgrave had a bit of a time to shine as well, really rocketed up boards. But I'm with Chris. I think May is the guy just because he offers both. I think that he can be a better blocker than Hawkinson and offer just as much in the receiving game at his ceiling. I don't think he could be a lot better than Hawkinson, though, so I think that he'll get overdrafted. But tight end one, he's a lock for me. And minus two minus 225, I actually think is value for Mayor at tight end one. So
3: let's just remember, I'm going to go back to Washington again. Let's remember he's playing alongside the one of the best tight end prospects ever ever, ever, ever in Brock Bowers, who gets a lot of the targets from Stetson Bennett and the Georgia quarterback. I think you've got upside there for him as a receiver. I just think (laughs) Brock Bowers could be a top-five pick next year, legitimately a top-five pick at tight end. Again, he is that good. I think about you know Washington's receiving aspects of his game have just not been seen yet. But what he possesses, the traits he has, again, I think teams will look at that and they will – The right one will be infatuated. I think with tight ends, like with the receivers, or the cornerbacks, sorry, it's scheme fit, what they look for, who's picking the highest, and who's got the personal preference for him. But I think a plus 500, that, that is really good odds there if you want an outside one.
1: Oh, thanks to El Judderman, who subscribed with Prime, his fifth month. Thank you, sir. Much appreciated. If you are on the YouTube, we've been demonetized for the draft. We'll be back on the 2nd of May, which sucks. YouTube sucks. I hope I don't get demonetized personally for that, but it really does. How we've the got... hell
0: do you get demonetized for good shit? Oh,
1: uh, yeah. So um, it's an admin back back office thing, not a, not a production thing. It's to do with Google AdSense. Which is how
2: you, yeah. It's it's almost like we need we need like someone like an accountant to like run this podcast, so these things don't happen.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Um, Yes, that's a joke that went over my head, but I'll take it.
1: I'm an accountant. Oh, wonderful. <laughs> um, so basically, <laughs> we've put uh, a PayPal link in the YouTube description. If you're, if you're feeling flush, oh. then you know what to do. Um, right. We're going to move it on, and we're going to do something a bit more fun, which is have a look at position groups and see how many are going to be drafted in the first round. I'm not giving you odds. I'm going to ask you to give me a number, and then I'm going to tell you whether it's value or not. So let me load up. Are we doing
0: are we doing this like like are we trying to guess the total is so do, are we am I guessing by halves can I give you like one and a half receivers you you can give me whatever
1: you like if you think it it needs to be zeros and ones then fine I'm if you just want I'm halves, just trying to okay.
0: figure out if I if, if you're trying to get me to do a Jimmy the Greek and tell you the number or if I'm trying to guess the the line itself on the total I, I don't me, know who Jimmy give, the Greek
2: is go. but but he sounds like the guy that should be running our podcast wait
3: it's very very, very if, different if you've never for... watched if you never watched cannibal run on. one of the best films ever That there's Greek's actually in a
0: 30 that. there's actually a 30 for 30 documentary on jimmy the greek in his life it's very fascinating it was one of the better espn 30 for 30s i would recommend it
1: very different from nick the greek cuz an entirely different person
0: um <sighs> <sighs> by the way by the way i do i do need to make this clear and this is a joke i think people who uh Oh, who have who are veterans of the Pride of Detroit Twitch will get. Um, at my other job at Fox Sports Radio, one of the net spots, the 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 ads we run is now Roman ready. So I am now subjected to that multiple times now. Thanks. To, I, thanks. I to
3: wonder Mike. why you got that comment on your retweet of us today. Someone said, "I'm like, what
1: the hell's that all about?" Well,
0: no, that's something it. Nick's been doing for a long time. So,
1: yes, we. If you've ever as watched as, Pride as as of Detroit, our,
0: as soon as we got our 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 uh, righteous felon read, he started asking me to do those.
1: Uh, you do have a, a text to speech feature, don't you, for for bits and stuff?
0: On my on my private on my personal channel at No Decaf, I do, but I don't. We don't do that on on Pride of Detroit for obvious reasons. Yeah, but on my cause... personal one, I do that, and he does. He goes a lot more political over on that one. Sure.
1: Political or just sexualizing Matt Patricia, which no one, no one needs. Um, He's been
0: doing that for about three years. I'm just numb to it at this point. (laughs) Right. Let's
1: talk positional groups. I'm just going off DraftKings Sportsbook position totals. They're not exactly as I'd like them, but it's all fun and games. I want you guys to give me what you think the line should be and how many you think will go. So give me two numbers. DBs in round one. What do you think? Ooh. Corners and safeties, which Ooh. I hate because I wanted separate. But corners and safeties. No, no, no. I, I
0: like that I like that it's together because Brian Branch is absolutely the curveball to all of this.
1: So I said this
3: on a show, didn't I? Because I, I guessed the wide receiver one last year. People were laughing at me for saying seven and I was about there. But with corners this year, I'm pretty sure. Did I I said seven and a half for corners, didn't I? If I'm right. I think right. you did, yeah. So if it's DBs, I believe there will be seven and a half, and I think there will be yeah. seven and a half. So I, I would I would take eight, personally. So that is my Hang answer.
1: So, so you think the line should be eight, or you would take eight? Well,
3: the
2: line would be seven and a half, wouldn't it? Or okay. are doing All American right. ones?
1: You're taking seven and a half as the line, and you think it would be eight. Anyone else? Any takers?
2: I, I think six will go in the first round.
0: I'm I'm going lower than all y'all at this point. I would have set the line at like maybe four and a half, and then taken the over to go to five. I the think line, it is four corners and branch.
1: The line, you are right on the money, sir. The line basically, the line is five and a half. Over five and a half is minus one ninety five. So they actually think that six is is value. Under five and a half is plus 155. So every, the, the DraftKings thinks six is the number. So I'm guessing, considering wow. what we we're saying about Emmanuel Forbes going in round one being a heavy favorite, you've got the four corners we've already mentioned. Emmanuel Forbes, Branch. Brian Branch is six.
0: It's important to think about Branch, though. Like, the reason why I go solo is Branch isn't, like, he, he's, he's not someone who's just a safety or could even stay as a safety in the NFL. He's someone you could easily line up in a slot corner as well. Like he's, he's very, he's a very flexible defensive back. So I think that like that, that's, that's why I've liked him as the prospect It's why I hope he can last until 18. Cause I would love to see him with the lions, but yeah.
2: I mean, I guess this, this line is all about, do you think that Emmanuel Forbes, at 166 pounds, it's going to get picked in the first round of, you know. Yeah, so that's the question.
3: So, I mean, Ant, Antonio Johnson for a very, very long time was considered to be a first-round pick, and I think he's just gone under the radar. And safeties—they're not that many up there this year, especially in the first round. I still think he's got a bona fide outside chance of doing it. Again, quite a few teams with multiple first-round picks, so they might go that way as well. I I just do think there's going to be a lot early because I think the drop-off after, it's a deep class, but there are so many really good
1: guys and the drop-off is quite big. Right, this one might take a little working out, but you can use the answer from the previous question to help you out. Total defensive players drafted in round one. I would use the number in the previous question. The answer was six. For corners and safeties, how many defensive players?
3: It's going to be a lot. So what uh-huh. if we've got four, wide rec- four quarterbacks, maybe, three wide receivers, five offensive linemen. Tight end. I
0: guess it's just really going to depend for me about just where that second run on ends Comes at and how many interior defensive linemen were really talking about it i don't think line i don't think there's any linebackers who i've really you know slated to go in the first round maybe maybe see. drew sanders maybe drew sanders is your first round linebacker i don't see trenton simpson going in the first i don't see jack campbell going in the first
3: see this depends on guys like brian brazil and keon white and guys like that if if, if it's genuine with them oh. I do, will do, you
2: think will, do you think Will McDonald will make the first round? And no, no, I, I, don't. I think
0: I think the X. I think the X is does he go first round or drop hard as Kalijah Cansey? He's someone who I've really been in love with as far as just his his athleticism. But there's been a lot of questions about Kalijah Kansi could go like day one or as early as day one, as late as maybe like mid late day two. I just don't know where Kalijah lands, and I think that's what makes this a tough one for me.
3: So I'm going to go big here. I'm going to say 20 are defensive players. I think there'll only be 11 offensive guys. I've got four quarterbacks, a couple of receivers, a couple of tight ends, a couple of offensive linemen. I don't I don't buy all this stuff about Anton Harrison and Dewan Jones and that sneaking in there. They're just not good enough for a first-round pick. So I would go at 20 for defensive players. 20? Yep. Yeah, I think it's stacked. Ed, there'll be a lot of edges in there. I think there's going to be a lot of DBs. I'm backing up my DB bet here. If I've got eight DBs in, then I only need like twelve other guys. And I think at Edge guys like that,
2: DTs, I'll get them. I, I think there's five edges, four linemen, six defensive backs, and I don't think there's any linebackers. So I'm going fifteen. I'm going pretty low on that fifteen.
0: I would, I'd probably set this line at. Fifteen and a half or sixteen and a half. I don't know where I've landed yet. I'm I'm trying to use my bookmaker instincts here. I, you know what? I I will juice it a little bit. I will say, I will say sixteen and a half is the line. I will set. Where do we Ooh. think Mozzie
2: Smith is going?
0: Mozzie Smith, mm-hmm. he's going to be like borderline day one. It really, I. IDL is going to be really tough just because again, it's going to be a matter of whether teams, whether you buy into this idea that teams have decided that Jalen Carter is worth the trouble or not. If he goes past the lions, if he goes past the Seahawks, I don't think there's any telling how far Jalen Carter kind of drops. You could drop maybe like, I'm sure maybe someone like say the Eagles might snap him up at 10 but if he drops, that pushes everyone else down on the IDL uh, charts. And that's what I think makes Mozzie Smith really hard to figure out for where he goes. Right. Are you ready? Because you're all way out there.
1: Way out there. The line is 14 and a half. 14. And the favorite is the under Big time, minus 340 on under 14 and a half, I,
0: plus I 255 on over 14 and a half. I will, I will pound that over. I will, I will smash that, that
3: over, yeah, exactly. I will,
0: I will smash it harder than apple cider.
3: This, this is not a good elite offensive class at all. There is no – this is a defense-heavy draft at the top. There is no way there are 14 guys going. Not a chance. That is the safest bet I reckon you can make in this draft, over 14 and off. half. Absolutely.
1: Right, I'm going to take it all the way down. I'm going to ignore total offensive players because you know where that line is now. Total O-linemen. Set my line.
3: I'm not big on them. I, I said there'd be more tight ends at one point than these guys, but I think teams are going to reach if they are, because it's not a good class.
0: There's there's only a couple really good tackles. I don't think there's any I don't think there's any day one guards. I I, I don't like I don't think Skaronsky really even count him as a guard, if I'm being honest. Like who's no. the interior offensive lineman who has a first round grade if you don't count Skaronsky as it Torrance? I, I don't buy into Torrance. I don't have a first-round grade on him Schmitz, personally. I mean, Schmitz, the, the, yeah.
3: cent, the centers were getting love for the first round. Schmitz and Tipperman both had outside shots at it. I okay, both, I could see that. But, again, you've got...
1: Ugh. The thing about Schmitz is he had such a bad postseason go in the All-Stars and whatever. He wasn't good in the Senior Bowl. He wasn't great in the Combine. His tape is exceptionally good. But but that's the thing.
3: The level of DT in the Big Ten is pretty good. You think he's against the likes of Marzy Smith, Keanu Benton, all these guys. A lot of potentially decent tackles coming out this year. So I think you got good tape against some of these guys, then that's why I like Benton's tape. I think
0: I I would set this at I would set this at three and a half. I'm with Chris. I, I would set this at three and a half. I think you've got Paris Johnson, Roderick Jones. Skaranski, and then you either add a center or maybe like Darnell Wright. Darnell Wright, yeah. Yeah, yeah, but like uh, three and a half, three and a half is just, again, I'm I'm playing the bookie here. It's just enough buzz after three to make people blink a little bit and they're either reaching for the four at the over or they don't really have a lot of room to breathe at the three. I think three and a half is the right line if you're trying to get even money on both sides. uh, Again,
2: I'd I'd smash the over on that because... You've got I mean, I think I think Skoronsky and Jones and Wright um and Johnson will all go. And then I'm looking at like pick twenty-seven, pick twenty-eight, pick twenty-nine. I can see someone like the Bengals take in like the fifth best tackle at yeah. pick twenty-eight.
3: I, I did have the Bills picking DeWan Jones because they need a tackle who can they can run the football behind, but I agree with Chris. Darnell Wright, with all due respect to Darnell Wright, he has been a second round pick, a later second round pick for most of this process. And he has been during the college season, you know, because I, I keep an eye on it during the college season because we do the show, he was never in consideration as a first round pick. And for me, this is all a result of there are no completely elite offensive lineman at the top this year. Not tackle-wise, not left tackles. And that dilutes the market down. Don't forget, Darnell Wright is going to be a right tackle at the next level only. That dilutes his value right there. Not going to be a left tackle at the next level. Not good enough to be. So I think three and a half, I, I could see that struggle to be reached. I really could. But a team's going to be stupid and really overdraft guys just because of positional value. That might be the thing that swings it.
1: All right, the line is five and a half, and, under. The, and the over is a massive favorite. Huge I'm sorry, I got favorite. really distracted. How many did you say? Five and a half is minus... Get the hell out
0: of here. Minus
1: uh, 500 over five and a half. The under is plus 350. I have the number at seven offensive linemen going,
3: personally. And that's a load of reaches, a lot of reach. You know, okay. The one Jones, DeJuan Jones, and guys like that are not first round picks. They will be first round picks because they are offensive linemen and offensive linemen only, not because they are talented enough. And and that's and that's the trouble with it. If we're going on pure skill and drafting there, there shouldn't be more than three offensive linemen going in this draft at number one in the number first round.
1: Apologies to the people on Twitch who are having to come over to YouTube. I know they probably can't hear me, but again, Twitch is screwing up, which is really annoying. I think the multi-stream sometimes just doesn't work very well. Let's move it on to quarterbacks, because we all know that probably four are going. Maybe. Maybe three, maybe four. Four. Uh, Maybe five. Where are you sticking the line here? Because this is just basically the
2: difference of one, isn't it? So the, the line's 4.5, isn't it? If you're a bookie, it's 4.5. It's and four and a you... half. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's,
0: yeah. And your X factor is you're hoping to get a lot of people who are just really high on this belief that Henan Hooker is a first round quarterback.
1: Yeah. Lines four and a half over is minus 190 under plus 150. The I'm under. hammering the under. Give
0: ha- can can me the, the under, under. Like people. People still believe that like the, there's this there's going to be this run to get guys like Hooker. And and by the way, after Hooker, it's huge drop off until we're talking about the round where guys like Jake Hayner and 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 jo- Dorian Thompson Robinson have the their their grades at like UCLA
1: I, Stan. Oh <laughs>
0: i'm sorry no that no, no no no. i'm a ucla thing. stan i oh, love dorian
1: thompson robinson well, now
0: also fu now but
1: uh, <laughs> as, as a sorry. yes um, i know you're but, an SC boy but,
0: yeah like i i understand where the love for hendon hooker comes from he narrative wise he has everything on his side right but the amount of marks of a torn acl of age, of the fact that he was running that, that system at Tennessee for so long, the reality will smack some people in the face as to how, where he goes. And as a bookie though, you are just basically that, that half is the, is the tantalizing part that half, because there's so much fuzz around where hooker goes. Cause yeah, maybe a team gets stupid and decides to really go for them. Maybe, maybe, Maybe like, I don't know, the Colts decide they're going to just trade back and they'll be happy with Hendon Hooker or something really dumb like that. Like that that's enough to keep people tantalized and keep this line at four and a half. For me though, if I'm taking it logically and assuming everyone's trying to be smart, four is where I have the first round quarterbacks and the under is where I'm taking the value and that's very good value. I'm gonna give Absol- you f-
3: absolutely. I mean I'm, yeah. So I was about to say the line really wouldn't change for the top 100, would it? I mean, obviously, you put Hooker in there, but would, would you go less? Would you smash under at five and a half in the top 100 for quarterbacks?
1: I'd smash the over for five and a half in the top 100.
3: You think Tanner McKee goes as well?
1: Well, I read a piece on why teams are starting to consider spending low day two comp picks on quarterbacks because of the recent success of mid-round guys there's a recent phenomenon that a bit more mid-round guys than we're used to doing have some semblance of value whether it's russell wilson or dak prescott or some of these guys just hitting jalen hurts
0: you have i no no sorry continue sorry no no no. you go i could buy what you are saying there but this isn't the class to do it with that
1: that mess may be true
0: Yeah, this is not the class to do it with. Like Max Duggan, I could have sworn was going to be a guy that maybe like even the Cowboys could fall in love with. But like everything I've said, say Max Duggan's going on day three, and if like understand that a guy from TCU who runs like Max Duggan who throws like Max Duggan, if that's not enough to entice someone like the Cowboys on day two, then this isn't the class to do it with. Like, I just don't see that talent out of Jake Hayner, and I don't see that talent out of Duggan. I I don't buy this belief that Stetson Bennett's a day-two guy either. And, like, it feels like this is the year where if you're taking a guy on day two, you're reaching like hell to taking a guy on day two. Mm. And I just don't think that that there's going to be that many teams who are going to reach that hard to take guys like Bennett, DTR, Duggan, like I just I don't think that I don't think that's happening this year. I agree with your general premise that you're talking about. I just don't think this is the quarterback class to do that'll be that.
2: So, so where where we where do we think Hooker's gonna go? What what pick number roughly? I'm gonna say like about 45. yeah, yeah exactly I'd say he's the he's I've still a
0: top fifty from. pick. He's still a top fifty pick, just low fifty. And
3: oh uh, I don't know. Because there are teams like Minnesota. You know, Kirk Cousins is coming to his end there. Are they going to be tempted and not trade the farm for a guy like him? Just don't forget, they tried with Callum Mond a few years back. They're not averse to trying these stupid tactics of going later. So he could go earlier. I mean, I think I think for- them
2: taking him at 20. Is it 23 they're taking him? And, and obviously, we've got their second man pick. No, that is true, but there's, there's talk that they want to trade up for
3: one. So if they're not willing to do that, and Questy's a value guy, that's why I don't think he'll do the trade up massively together. Because I just don't think it's a value thing for him. But if he's still there, will they go for him? May, maybe, but maybe. Or I, maybe. I I think forty is more more his area. I think I think you'll see him go around forty. Someone will someone will take a pick there when he falls a little. Someone will trade up and get him.
1: I've got three more markets to give you a little bit of discussion, and then we're going to get out of Dodge. The first one, you get three seconds to think about, and then we're moving on. I want line and whether you're going over or under, because this is a basic, very quick thought. Running backs in round one go and. One and a half over. Steve. One and a half under. Chris.
0: One and a half over.
1: One and a half over is the favourite, minus 205 under, plus 160. So you've all got the line right, which is great, but that was kind of a no-brainer. The overall under bit was the interesting bit. Let's move on to tight ends. The famous Anthony Fitzpatrick said earlier on in this uh, process that four would go in round one, still boggling the mind, but what is the line? What is the line and what are you taking? What do you think it should be?
3: One and a half over again.
1: You think it's one and a half? Yikes. Okay.
3: What do you mean? mayor and, and Kincaid, absolutely. Bengals, okay. ne- Bengals need a tie end. They'll be the second one to get it. They'll be the second one to take a tie end.
1: Who else wants to take a shy at tie ends?
0: Uh, sure. I'm going to say uh, two and a half, and then I'll lean the over.
2: Yeah, I'm, I'm saying three and a half under.
1: So the line, and this is the only line that we have which is not a half number in oh, all of DraftKings. It is an even number. The line is two, and the favourite is over two, minus 300, under two, plus 225. Mm. So you can push that. I think that reflects the reality that they really, really think that only two go Darnell Washington to be a first rounder is plus 105. So th- I, I, think think that's that's why I think that's a good bet it's... because
2: I, I think he's the classic guy where someone's going to come up from the second round and take him at like 29, 30, 31. I, I can see Washington going there because someone like just absolutely falls in love with him and, and has got a high second round pick and makes a trade.
1: All right, the last market that we have... And then we'll just chat some fun stuff. We've mentioned this group before. Wide receivers in round one. We've oh, we've God. I've already discussed the odds about who's what? the first to go, and that might inform this conversation or not. So I'm saying like two and a half. Two and a half, and you would take.
3: Uh, three I mean, and a th- half three and a half under
0: so i think you tipped your hand by saying there's no more even there, that that tight ends was the last even number that draft yeah, they're had, all halves. So here mm-hmm. i'm actually gonna juice this a bit i'm gonna say four and a half and I you would take pers- i would personally take i, I actually i would t- i would personally take the under but i think the favorite is probably towards the over
1: Okay, the line is three and a half. The favorite is over. Minus 140. It is under is plus 110. I personally like the under here. I think three is the magic number for the wide receivers. Because if Zay Flowers is the favorite to go second, and I have him going in the late 20s, then you got to have a little bit of a rush on there. I don't know. Who's taking Zay Flowers? I feel like the, he's the, a perfect guy the, for the Bills. The Chiefs. But... Yeah, the, I, yeah I, but for you're me, talking pre- about two guys picking
3: really late. The, the pressure points for me are the Patriots and the Chiefs for Jay Flowers. So that, that, that's it. The, the Chiefs love guys like him, and they just keep adding to their offense. They, they don't really care about the defense. They will just beat you by outscoring you the entire time. The,
1: the rich keep getting richer. All right, that ends the markets that we have. Uh, I found, no, there's one more market. There's one more market. Lions' first drafted position. I have to find this now. Draft team specials, NFC North, the Detroit Lions, position of the team's first drafted player. I want you to try and give me the order of likelihood, because trying to ask you to give me the odds, I think, is a hiding to nothing. Maybe give me the odds of the favorite, and then give me the order beyond
0: that. I can't give you the odds of the favorite, but I will give you, I'll say, corner is going to be yeah, corner. I I maybe go a little lay, uh, lower at like 180. Uh, I would go corner, and then after that, I would go. Uh, is it just D line or is it or is it split?
1: Uh, D line and edge are together.
0: D line and edge are to, are, to, are together. Yeah, D so line like, is I, what, just what one say- thing. God. Okay, that might change things for me. Because that puts Carter Cl-
1: and Anderson and Wilson all in one part.
0: Okay, damn. That might even change who I might have as a favorite then. Corner, um,
1: edge, quarterback.
0: Yeah, I, I was going to say that order. I was trying to figure out what to do because Jalen Carter seems like an, an easy landing spot for the Lions. But if he's lumped together with edge, then yeah, corner, edge, quarterback would be how I would go.
1: So I think that top five is really interesting here. Corner is favorite. You have that correct. Then D lineman slash edge. Quarterback is three. But the smoke about running back that we were talking about earlier and the smoke we've had about Bijan being a perfect fit, but it's not running back at four. It's wide receiver at four, I think, because of recent events, with running back at five. Tight end all the way down at seven makes me quite happy. Uh, Cornerback minus 130. So if you really think we're going to go corner, that could be pretty good value. Um, Quarterback plus 1,000. So not out of the realm. I'm fancying quarterback as value there. Personally, plus a thousand. That seems fairly like. We're talking about Sprouts or Richardson possibly falling to six, and they've got to be tempted.
3: Does Does this take into account the theoretical possibility of a trade as well?
1: It's just the first drafted player position. So if we trade down, we could trade
3: up. We could trade up and get a quarterback. I mean, who knows? Or an edge, or an edge. At, about... six, at six, that's the right order. If you move up or down, it that changes significantly.
1: Mm-hmm. Right. Um, I'm just going to do one more thing because we've been doing this for a little while now. I want you to give me a name. I don't know how deep your draft knowledge is. And Chris, I know that your mock drafts tend to be three rounders. So this might be a little harsh on you. <laughs> I want you to give me the name of the person... Going last in this draft, Mr. Irrelevance. Name, take a swing, and if you are right, we can revisit this video and you can be heralded as a hero.
0: I'm gonna need a minute, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't think that's gonna be yeah, a quick one, yeah. I don't, so- I didn't, I didn't really think about this too much. I don't. So I, I don't oh, know quite man. how many picks there are in the draft. I think there was 259
1: last year, if Something I remember like rightly. That. So let me give you some of the names on my consensus board that are in that realm. And let's see whether any of them jump out to you as someone that might be that like last pick in. Uh, let's go from 250. Caleb Murphy, Edge, Ferris State. Carlton Marshall, inside linebacker, Troy. Justin Shorter, wide receiver, Florida. Cedric Dort Jr., cornerback, Wisconsin. Tavius Robinson, edge, Ole Miss. Trading the third, safety, Florida. Savokie Dennis, outside linebacker, Pittsburgh. Tyson Bajan, quarterback, Shepard. Cameron Peoples, running back, Appalachian State. Abacook Baldonado, sorry, edge, Pittsburgh. And Blake Whitehart, tight, Whiteheart tight end Wake Forest. That's the top. That's two fifty to two sixty, but it might might not come from that group. Um, I will tell you that this board is going to be out of date because Pro Football Network have Chandler Savala at five seventy five on their board, which means that he's down in this realm as well. There are a few names that I like here: Mo Ibrahim two forty three, Ventro Miller two forty four. I like Tyson Bajan. The Texans own
3: the pick, by the way. So you you're gonna have to figure this out the in the Texans own yeah. the pick. Because I was uh, gonna go quarterback here, but I don't think they're gonna take a guy <laughs> at two and then and then take another guy at Mr. Realms. It's, it's the seventh
0: round. Like we need to stop yeah. acting like the seventh round really matters. I will um I, I'm split between the Florida wide receiver you mentioned. I I do know Blake Whitehart from what he did at Wake Forest decently enough. I I'm gonna go a little bit on the Deacon side. I think White Hart is—he's a fascinating guy, but he's absolutely fascinating in uh, that late day three kind of way. That I, I will, I will make Blake Whiteheart my pick for Mister Irrelevant.
3: I'm gonna go with my guy from Coastal Cal. I'm gonna have Lance Boykin, the cornerback. I I had him as like a round seven pick a few times, and I, I kind of like him, so I think I think he might go back there.
2: Well, I've said that uh, that the Lions are going to take Jake Moody with their last pick. So I'm going, um, I'm saying, what's the other kicker? Is it Christopher Dunn from North Carolina? I'm I'm taking him with... uh, NC State. Yeah. Great kicker.
1: I am going to go with someone a bit closer to home, someone who's getting a lot of love right now. To get drafted, who has not been someone who's had a lot of love up until the last couple of weeks, who's City Sow, and I know that Eric likes this guy, guard, Eastern Michigan. He's at three twenty-three on the board, but I think he's athletic enough that people are going to give him a go. I know inside lineman is not exactly uh, a sexy pick for the Mister Irrelevant, but. You know, there's lots of good guys down here in this sort of 300 range. We've got Aubrey Miller from Jackson State that we've talked about. Not
3: a, bit. a chance. He's getting drafted.
1: There you go. See, there's Kobe Turner's down here as well. And he, for PFF, is in the top 100. But for TDN and PFN, they're in like 300s, 400s. So there's so many players. There's 1,500 players eligible or something. So picking number 259 is, is pretty difficult. Right. What else have we got here? Um, a couple of other fun things, and then maybe you can bring some hot takes. Number of trades in the first round, Oof. and last trades was in the first crazy, round, it wasn't there. Last, every, last year was bad, last year was bad, but everything that's happened up to date doesn't count. Everything that happens from oh, sorry, <clears throat> damn, Liverpool. um <laughs> Everything that's happened up to now is a wash. If anything happens from now, I'm counting it because we're basically in draft day. We're we're 27 hours away from the draft kicking off, so anything from now is a trade. In the first round, did you say? Yeah, first round trades. Aaron Rodgers' trade doesn't count. Five and a half. I'll take over.
0: Five and a half. Five and a half. I'll take. I I'm going to set this at at even at four, and then probably push
2: <laughs> that's very confident
0: i i need i need to end this somehow ballsy a little bit
2: yeah i i think there's definitely going to be one trade in the top five and then i think it will kind of stick for a bit and then but then i think when we when it gets to around sort of between then after 15 i reckon there's going to be at least a couple of trades between 15 and 25 and then maybe like another one at the back end of the so the 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 They're four. I think four's a good shout, Chris. Oh, I'd set the Matt. line
1: at three and a half and take the under.
2: Matt, please tell me that these gesticulations that you're making, that you're not really like worrying about whether Liverpool are going to finish seventh or eighth, and the...
0: really wants to get to the. Uh... Actually, I don't think I don't think you get any uh, Europa Conference League this year, do you?
1: I don't think you
0: see UCL... Let me tell you, UECL is uh, is fun time. As someone who has the first ever hardware from that,
1: yes, you're a Jose fan for that, I guess. Um, but yeah, I, my I'm man just...
0: running into the tunnel, telling someone to go watch, go watch tape, <laughs> watch Holland play, fantastic. Go, go watch Man City play because he just fucking hates the Dutch. <laughs> is fantastic.
1: I'm taking three trades in the first round, so I'd set the line at three and a half and take the under. I think. Um, odds, the, the last one, and then just one question to get to odds of a Lions trade.
2: Mm. Yeah, I oh I, I think I can quite easily see us trading out of eighteen. I think we could be one of those teams that could trust so out first 18.
1: round trade six or eighteen. All I 18. want is odds. No, no, no. Minus... I just want odds of of like a trade or not
0: minus uh see the, cuz are they're, they're, it's, it's close enough to a toss up so I don't want to juice the odds too much but still I'd probably say like minus 145
3: I I'd, I'd go something like that as well Yeah
1: I, I think that's about right Yeah I I, I want to juice it a little bit more than that I think I think it could be like minus 200
0: I wouldn't go above 200 but still like I I, I agree with the larger principle that like brad holmes has shown he likes to move around on the draft board
1: oh yeah he likes especially he likes up he's not had history of trading down whatsoever but up he loves so yeah, i know it makes jeremy very upset i know but we don't need any more picks like, I can see us trading down once, but up three times or something in the entire draft. I can so, see like a maneuvering happen. But
3: so, so I was going to say this, I was going to, I wanted to make a couple of personal ones with you guys yeah. before we did this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So there were two I had in mind. So the first, uh, whoever wants to take this is fine. But the first, like me and you, Matt, did the other year, this is for a bottle of something nice. It matter what it is, but the trade is there. So I'm going to say a statement. If you disagree, the bet is on. So for me I was going to say the Detroit Lions trade 3 times in this
1: draft. Total seven round draft. Yeah, three. they're going
3: to trade they're going to trade they're going to trade 3 times in this draft. Okay. If you disagree? Either one of you, it's a bottle or something nice. I think they're going to trade a lot. I think
1: 3 is where it's at. I will take you up on it.
2: You will? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I'll, I'll take the under on that not what we don't. you didn't say
1: we have to take under or over I'm just taking anything but three I'm taking the three. field
3: okay all right there's one and then the second one I may be rinsing myself out money here this is for a crater beer and I am very confident in this the Detroit Lions will draft a member of the Illinois fighting Illini in this draft
0: Sydney Brown hold on hold on hold on, um, hold on.
3: Sydney. Hold Chase. on. Hold on. Hold
0: on. I, I, I need to, I need to hit, I need to pull the handbrake on this podcast for a second, because I got crushed early on before we went on air about saying it as Milan and not Milan. And I'm not going to let you sit here and talk about the fighting Illini as the whatever you just pronounced it as.
3: I said a line-eye, didn't I? A
1: lean-eye. I said a lean eye You
0: said a lean-eye. It's a line-eye.
1: A line-eye, then. I'm sorry. I, I, I apologize. <laughs> right. Let me read to you all of the eligible players from Illinois this year. Devin Witherspoon, Sidney Brown, Jatavius Martin, Chase Brown, Kendall Smith, Alex Pazhawik, Calvin Avery, Luke Ford, and Peyton Vining. And apologies to Alex Pazhawik, the tackle, because... That's not a name you can say in English.
3: So it's there. I'm saying that we will draft a member from Illinois, and I will not say the rest of it for (laughs) respect for Chris. There.
0: (laughs) Hey, I'm learning.
3: I learned Maryland. I will learn eventually. Listen, I mean to be fair, you can. There's still Americans
0: who can't figure out Missouri. Like this, America. Like American dialect is beyond effed.
3: So, is anyone going to take me up on that? No. Uh, Oh. All right. All right. So you all think we're drafting someone from Illinois? Okay. That's
1: Uh, interesting. Here's one from Dan Pask. The Lions draft more which of this team? The Tennessee Volunteers or Mm. the Illinois fighting Illini?
0: (laughs) (laughs) Illini. Illini. Yeah. That's that's, that's,
2: right.
3: right. That's Hooker, Donnell Wright, Jalen Hyatt. They've got a I will give you the, the Tennessee. Draft.
1: I'll give you the Tennessee eligible players. Ooh. Tennessee is Darnell Wright. This is in order of the consensus board. Darnell Wright, Jalen Hyatt, Hendon Hooker, Cedric Tillman, Byron Young, Jeremy Banks, Princeton Fant, Jerome Carvin, Paxton Brooks, Trayvon Flowers, Latrell Bumpfuss, what a name, or Lynn J. Dixon. And that is L-Y-N-J Dixon.
0: I I lean towards Tennessee in that just the amount of names I've heard from the Vols while doing longer mocks while talking about day two day three like I think the volunteers had a very good roster last year. They're graduating a lot of their guys I think I think I would lean volunteers on this
3: Ooh, I don't see the thing is if you take one of the Illinois dBs then you kind of rule the other two out I don't think you take two of them. And then there's Chase Brown, really, after that. Are you going to take him at running back?
2: I don't think so.
1: I'm calling it a push.
2: I would say Tennessee (laughs) there. Um, I think Wright and Tillman alone are are very tempting.
1: I just think Wright's going too early for us. I think he'll go top 10. Um, Hooker will be... Not no. someone that we cover. I don't think we'll go for higher either because it's not a stylistic fit. So I think Cedric Tillman's a fit, but does he go too early? And then Byron Young's the only other really draftable guy. He's the only guy that's remaining. There's only five guys in the top, in the top 300, and there's five guys in the top 71 for Tennessee. So I can find a way to get Tillman and Byron Young on the team. But you're talking about two... Day two picks, but if you're definitely saying that there's a good chance we get an Illinois guy on there, well, I'll say we take Tillman, and it's a push. I don't see how you get two Tennessee players on the team.
3: You know, the scary thing is, I think there to be multiple Florida players on this team by the time this is done. And you remember the last time we did that? <laughs>
0: well, I mean, we've already you got. say Hanseloni. scary. You say one of those is probably AR fifteen. I go! I, I, reckon, I reckon
3: Ventrell Miller would be big on the list as well. For a, mm-hmm. for a later linebacker, I think he'd perfectly. I think Ventrell could be in there. And then you've got Osiris Torrance Could be in there.
1: You want a guard.
0: Does anyone else want to lay any parlays for us? I do like this one from Wisco Lion fan in the chat about uh, which NCA conference will the pick will uh, have the most picks from. I think the answer is easily SEC, but if in, it's in, in round one lions, for the or lions total, total draft or for the Lions. How do you want to frame Whichever it? Whichever way you want to take that. Whichever way you want to take that. Ooh. Because if I it mean, is draft-wise, if it is if I made this full draft-wise, I would say SEC is probably easiest, believe, easiest the top, but then I'm curious what the number two conference is after the SEC. And I think for my money, it would be the Pac-12.
3: See, I think the Big Ten would have a shout. You've got Devon, you've got Keanu Benton, you've got a stack of offensive linemen coming out of there. Secondary guys. I
0: just, I I just see it every year. Like the amount of players that the that the Pac-12 puts into the NFL gets very much so under the radar, and then you start listening to, because again, it, this is part of the problem with the Pac-12 is that they play a lot of night games and they play a lot of night games on the Pacific time on the Pacific time zone, and if you know anything about how late some of these games starts and how people decide to tap out on Saturday night. From watching Pac-12, unless you are one of the D-gens watching Pac-12 after dark, it does push down the Pac-12's relevance. It's been one of their problems about you know them branding their conference and them selling their conference. But it it, it, it they're they're the athletes from the states of Oregon, Washington, and California are really really good. The high school talent that comes out of California and Nevada schools. Like, like St. John Bosco, like John Bosco out of, out of, uh, out of, uh, oh God, I'm forgetting the other one. Um, but there are some fantastic athletes coming out of the West that go to the Pac 12 that just don't get the pub until draft night. I think so the thing about we,
3: we, we had sorry. four, we had four from the Pac 12 in 2021. Lions loved it in 2021, but only one last year, which was Chase Lucas
1: i, I think know, it's a weird
3: one i think big 10 going to be biggest for us this year i do i just that's my hot take
1: i think that it will be sec but the thing about the pac 12 that goes underrated and it's the thing about the big 12 as well is that because the nfl's a passing league and because those conferences are passing conferences the ability to translate those players to the nfl is far easier when it comes to draft evaluation trying to work out what a Big 10 wide receivers going to do unless they come from Ohio State is not as simple. Are you ever going to take a Michigan wide receiver and feel confident in your evaluation? Ever. Yeah. Like and, and I mean. That's also, hard.
0: Too, also, too, you're talking about places where you have great high school talent that is then funneling to those colleges. Like the Big 12 sits on top of Texas. Texas is the largest high school, like market for football talent in the country the pac 12 sits on california which really isn't far behind and california schools pump out throwing like gr- quarterbacks and 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 receivers like nobody's business like the, the it, it's in the dna of those places all right we got one Since question right to- what
1: oh
3: sorry i was just looking at the stuff about colorado
1: Great. Right, yeah. Forty one players in the portals, just ridiculous. Um, right, we've got one question from Mike the Marine. He's talking about the oh you're saying, is there any truth to the tight end Darnell Washington dropping down at draft boards following poor athletic testing or some sort of something I don't know what's happened with him, but there's been some sort of smoke that he's falling down boards for some reason. Any anyone buying that?
0: No. Sorry, no. uh, who's falling down?
1: Darnell Washington. Apparently, there was some sort of rumor that he'd done badly in some sort of testing, or I don't know, there's some sort of bad character stuff. I don't know.
3: No, he. I think he's a fringe first round pick, and I think he will be a first round pick.
2: Yeah. Um. There was some more um Jalen Carter stuff today. Um. Is it Todd McShay? Basic Um. I think said that he'd heard from sources in Georgia that most of his teammates were glad that he was out of there and wasn't coming back next season. And that so you know just more fuel to the fire. But I still think he's going top six. Yeah, I do too.
1: I really do. Medical concerns apparently according to Steve Shattuck. So yeah, there we go. Anyway, any final takes anyone wants to bring before we before we end the recorded part of the show
0: i just want to get to this damn thing (laughs) yeah it's been been this this season in general has felt this draft season in general has felt long and it's felt exhausting maybe it's because the lions have two picks maybe it's because nobody can seem to settle on these top five picks maybe it's because this that or the other thing i'm just it's i i feel like i've been running low on my fumes for a minute and i'm just ready to uh I'm ready to get this going. I'm ready to get this going and just... uh,
3: But isn't isn't it weird? Because this is the longest the Lions have gone into a season in some time. You know, we're usually talking mock drafts like early November. But this year, we're still in the playoff hunt in January. Not many people were doing it. So it's been a lot less time actually talking about mocks. But like Chris says, it feels much worse this year.
1: It does. It does. Right. That's it, people. We have done it. We have completed the pre-draft cycle. Next up is day one itself. Our preview show will start at half past two Eastern time. And 20 minutes later, after we have a little bit of a preview, we will be welcoming in our colleagues at British Bird Gang, the Arizona Cardinals podcast. They have great knowledge about the Cardinals. Obviously, pick three is of interest there. We'll be on for about an hour previewing things for ourselves and with them, and then we resume at 20 past 6 Eastern time. We will then be joined in succession every 40 minutes for a 20-minute chat with the UK and Irish Packers, the Atlanta Falcons UK, the UK Cowboys, British and Irish Eagles, the Panther Nations podcast, the DC Tweet Team, Arrowheads Abroad, the Kansas City Chiefs fan group, and the Red, White and Buffalo Blues podcast. So you have nine different interviews tomorrow for 20 minutes with some absolutely terrific guests most of which i think all of which we've had on the show before and are really really good value so you want to check that out chris it's been a long time coming but it's been great to have you back and before too long maybe maybe post draft we need to have you back to rag on some of these guys we've taken
0: yeah i after the draft is when it starts to crash for me just because it, it then hits the reality of we then have like five, four months before any actual football is played. And that's always a long time for it. But hey, you know, I'm going to be up on Pride to Detroit stream all three nights of the draft uh, and just probably drinking fairly well. And I know Morgan Cannon, who's joined Pride to Detroit recently, and he's been phenomenal. And he's going to be with me for most of those nights. I think Homs is going to be back with me up on there too. We'll see if he actually remembers to wear a shirt this time and uh that's kind of where we get down we'll just be sitting there losing our minds watching all of this and i can't wait i honestly can't wait it's incredibly fun and thank you guys so much for having me back it, as you say it's been a long time coming and uh i always love seeing just how the lions empire across the across everything just just grows grows as this as this team gets more and more attention and activates more and more people and invites more and more people. This is this is a fan base I love because there is no real, like I I, I know there's some crusties out there, but I feel like most of people I know who I like don't treat this at all like this is some gilded bandwagon. Nobody nobody is allowed to climb up onto that. It's for everyone. Everyone can join in because the Detroit Lions are fun. They're exciting, and they get a lot of positive energy right now. Yeah.
1: It's true. Yeah, I I love Morgan Cannon. I think he's been a really great addition to your show. So I'm I'm big big time proponent of him. Anyway, Steve, and it's been real. This draft cycle's been brutal for a variety of reasons that we've talked about. But it's almost done, and and it's going to be a great weekend. I can't spend, wait to spend it with you guys. But for now, let's go Lions one pride.
2: Tomorrow, it's all going down. What could go on? Bye, Karen.